0: Frontier Missions Journal Stories of Hope for the Unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions But as we looked around, not a himba was in sight save for a few children from the nearby huts. Gideon led his team to a secluded spot to pray. I could sense our special guests from the mission, the union, and AFM feeling dejected, Gideon told me. They came for a Himba camp meeting, braved the cold, and slept in tents for the night. But without our Himba brothers and sisters, it was not happening. We asked God to send the Himba men that we needed to reach. At 9 o'clock, Capitango hesitantly started the morning meeting. His leaders did not arrive, and his only remaining Himba singer announced that he could not stay due to unexpected guests and other pressing needs at home. Hi, I'm James R. Kaczynski with Adventist Frontier Missions. In part one of our story, God Speaks Himba, we learned that the Petersons had tried nearly every method known in Christian circles to reach the Himba people, a group that traditionally held on to its old ways and stubbornly refused to accept Christianity. This people, known for its application of red clay, is the most photographed tribe in all the world. Gideon and Pam Peterson spent more than 17 years with the Himba and finally found the breakthrough that they were hoping for, Stories recorded in the rich, oral, storytelling style of the Himba people, using poetry, songs, chants, and audience interaction. Yet, as they opened their first-ever Himba camp meeting with plans to introduce the Himba Bible stories on the Ambassador MP3 players, from all appearances, no tribal men or tribal leaders were going to show. Would the first-ever Himba camp meeting for the Himba people end in failure? Or would God work a miracle to turn it into a success? Listen in as we conclude our story in part two of God Speaks Himba. Things did not seem to be going well. However, God blessed Kapitango and gave him the insight and wisdom to create a program as he went along that was truly inspiring and relevant for the audience. The Apua Church lifted everyone's spirits with a hearty chorus of songs. Yet, as the sun and the cloudless sky began to warm the air, our Himba friends were still nowhere in sight. The westward wind gently blew smoke from the main cooking fire our direction. Hoontag, a Himba man who has been attending church, began cooking the fatted calf for lunch, much as the patriarchs did for a special event in Bible times. The local chief had even given the Petersons a goat for these meetings. It was tied to a nearby tree, letting out an occasional bleat. Untag set up three large kettles on the open fire, two for meat and one for the green-skinned pumpkins several church members had donated. With a large stick, he would stir the meat and occasionally stab a portion with a sharpened end, just to check it for tenderness. About half an hour into the program, the Himba began to arrive. First the children and youth, then the mothers. God had heard Gideon's prayer, and he was ready to speak to all the Himba, men and women alike. From the cattle trail between the thorny trees, a Himba man made his way to the meeting tent. He wore leather sandals, dusty from his journey, a purple wrap skirt that flowed down to his knees, a double-edged knife securing the sheath on his belt and an unbuttoned shirt. With his left hand he carried a walking stick, and with his right he carried a green canvas and aluminum folding stool. Then another man arrived from the north, and another from the west. As the program progressed, one by one, men came walking from every direction and every homestead in the area. These were the heads of households, the movers and the shakers of their communities. Capitango began talking about Kachiwanda, a long time ago in the Himba lore, when all was well and the people worshipped their creator. But this was no monologue sermon. Capitango dialogued with his audience, much like a town hall meeting about relevant and important issues of the day. Each person respectfully awaited a turn to speak, and the audience would sometimes burst out in spontaneous applause, led by the Himba, as someone would speak a truth that resonated in the hearts of everyone listening. At times, the Himba men would break into omiyembo, the poetry.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Later, a group of women and a male leader chanted and sang scripture in their traditional style. Clearly, God was speaking to the Himba. The topic of Kachiwanda struck a chord. Modern Himba feel that they are under a curse because their tribe has drifted away from the Creator God. After lunch, a group of men gathered to discuss the proceedings. These are the leaders of the community talking about God's word, Gideon told me excitedly. And our key singer who needed to leave to attend his visitors? Well, he stayed and stayed and was one of the last to leave long after the sun had set. Satan had tried to put a stop to the program, but God overruled, and his word was shared in a powerful way. Uakarupa Nagumbe, A Himba church member said, "Ovinyangi camp meeting was good. The people were very happy about hearing the gospel of God. Now I think they understand why Jesus died for our sins. After the discussion, Untag speared pieces of meat in the kettles and gave them to the church members who served the Himba. Elders of the community were served first. Pam and a few others baked sweet bread and passed it out to the children for dessert, interspersed with schoolyard games that the volunteers had organized. Finally, the moment arrived for passing out the ambassadors. Capitango gave instructions about their use and presented the first as a gift to the head chief. The chief expressed his thanks. Then Capitango told the Himba audience, anyone who would like to have an ambassador, please sign up for the Bible studies. Fifty-three people signed up, both men and women. What a joy to see the church together, said Pam. Joined in worshiping God in the unique Himba way. Various church members from all over, Angola, Zimbabwe, Namibia, South Africa, and the United States, were all united in presenting the gospel in a way that allowed the Himba to truly hear God and speak to them. These church members left their comfort zones to reach out to people who would never feel comfortable in our Western churches, and God truly blessed. Our Himba friends now know that God loves them just the way they are. They also know that we care about them as a church just the way they are. I have to agree with Pam. God can and does speak to His people in different ways. He meets us where we are. Oh, by the way, that late rainy season? Well, it seems like a fitting symbol of the latter rain that has begun to fall in the Himba tribe. There are still thousands of people groups who need to hear the gospel. If you would like to support one of the projects that Adventist Frontier Missions sponsors, please point your browser to afmonline.org give and select a project, missionary, or the general fund. You may also call one 800 Nine three seven four two three six. That's one 800 4236 In the final minutes of this episode, we have a special treat for you. Pam Peterson will describe to us one of the Himba oral stories chanted in their native tongue. Listen on.
2: Okay, I've got a little clip for you and I'd like you to just have a look at the story that's being told. It's going to be really unfamiliar to you. Now I want you to think, if somebody had come to teach you about God and had used this kind of music, would you have understood? And that's how the Himbas the are, when they hear our hymns, when they hear our stories, when they hear our Bible studies. It's so foreign to them. There's a lead person and then there's a group. The lead person is telling the story and the group are affirming them. As he's telling it, they're affirming him and saying, we're listening, we're hearing you. This is good. Keep talking.
1: Oh, wait,
2: Oh, wait, Oh, wait, that was the story of noah and the guy in front he would say come everybody come and listen to noah come listen to our hero noah come hear what he did and then he would move them back again and then he'd say come come listen to noah god spoke to noah and God told Noah he needs to build a boat. Noah had a wife, Noah had children, and they worked together on the boat. And he, this is how they have told the story of Noah, their hero, who saved them from a the flood. <speaking in Hebrew>
1: I did lugu <laughs> a cho madutu cho madutu cho
2: madubu ah 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 ah
1: ah 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 Pam has just shared with you the challenge of where we came from, how we went through the processes of sharing the gospel with the himbas or getting to the point where we can share um, you know they are. Approximately 6.6 billion people in the world, and of those 6.6 billion, only 4 billion know how to read or write. And um, we feel it's very appropriate to share the gospel in a way that the Himbas can understand, to help them hear God's voice in the genre that they understand, and not just use their language, but the broader picture of their language, the the storytelling form, but. Once we, we've reached them, once we've got them to the point where they want to join the church, does God stop speaking their language? Does he suddenly switch back to doing things in a different way that they don't know, an unfamiliar way? These are the questions that we have to face and, and wrestle with, you know. in a communal society, how do they return time? Do we need to put up a structure for a church? Because they are nomads. What will a Seventh-day Adventist church look like in a nomadic environment? As we look to the future, as we look at these challenges, we need to plan for these different phases. and We solicit your prayers your encouragement as to how we can reach, not just for evangelism, but nurture them, uh, disciple them, grow them into strong spiritual Christian leaders as we move forward. We thank you for your prayers.